The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The jar of glowing maggots that is Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... <laughs> as, uh, as we mentioned last week, um, this week we're watching the uh, Italian reanimator film from a few years ago called herbert west reanimator and i gotta say i think this is probably my least favorite thing we've watched for this show so far it was pretty rough (laughs) Uh, like this is the art house art house movie you know like oh yeah the, the most art house of movies and, you know, I mean, like, obviously this is an adaptation of the short story by H.P. Lovecraft. It is not necessarily trying to connect itself to the Jeffrey Combs trilogy that we've just watched. I, I will interject and say, basically in name only is it an adaptation. Like, there is a character that shares the same name as the main character of the short story and does some of the things that he does, and that's about it. Yeah. At most. But yeah, just like after watching that trilogy and how fun those movies are, mm-hmm. uh, this is just so grim. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just like, it, like you said, it's just in name only. Like it, it has a guy named Herbert West who mm-hmm. reanimates people, but yep, it and that's does it. not, yeah, it does not feel at all like what you're expecting. Like, I, I feel like they tried to tie it back later in the movie when it got really weird. <laughs> but, uh,. Man, I don't think they got there. I mean, maybe I don't know. For some people, they may have gotten there. <laughs> All right, let's kick this. Let's kick it off. <sighs> so we open up with the uh, the very artistic shot of a guy holding a gun at the screen or at the camera, and he says, "If life breaks your heart, you break life." Boom, and that's it. Just a really cool, like it's something you would probably see from uh, Robert Rodriguez in yeah. the beginning of one of his movies, and then. Yeah. Then what happens? What, where do we go from here? <laughs> so then we go to, you know, we go to the credits, which are, you know, not too distant from what we're expecting, you know, some anatomical drawings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We get some syringes and things like that. So it's like, okay, we're going in. This is going to be kind of in the vein of the last one, last few movies we've seen, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. then we just go to this. It's like a, it's kind of a morgue type room, but I don't think it actually is a morgue, but you've got like three people in like dirty kind of like hospital gowns and there's like banging from a wall and they're, they say like, she's back. And so they end up, they kind of, they like, they pull a panel off the wall and another yeah, woman, metal, metal air duct. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah. And you, so now you have another woman who comes in and in a similar hospital gown. So we've got, three women and one man uh we don't know who they are or what their deal is um, i still don't really know who they are after yeah it's it. i think like one of them you get a story on the other one's not so much right <laughs> uh but so they they end up hearing another sound and they're like oh no he's coming so they all go lay down on their respective like morgue slabs and like play dead basically mm-hmm. and then we get a man coming in and he's pushing another man in a wheelchair and that guy is like chained to the wheelchair and we will eventually find out that the man chained to the wheelchair is herbert west right and the other guy is never actually named he's just nicknamed by the characters they call him frankenstein Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there's a there's a nice little connection there but unfortunately it doesn't really go anywhere beyond that Uh, so herbert west is like warning 
the other guy that like he should chain up these bodies he you know he suspects they're still alive and that they're going to come back and the other guy's not really too concerned right he doesn't care too much he, he's he's fine he, he's got everything under control right yeah Mm-hmm. But then he does kind of start examining the bodies and he sees one, like he sees a hand twitch, but then the woman who had climbed out of the wall, she screams and jumps up and then just goes running and like crashes headfirst into a wall and just like certain bloods like pouring down her face and everything. This reminded me, like I have the weirdest flashbacks because this kind of reminded me of Prince of Darkness. Like, mm. I believe, you know what I'm talking about? Where the body, like, gets up and... Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good pull, actually. Yeah. Right? I, I know it probably has nothing to do with that, but man. <laughs> it just gave me those vibes. I had flashbacks for a moment. Then she bangs her head on the panel. There's some, a little bit of blood splatter. She falls back and convulses. There's a lot of convulsing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So he ends up, the Frankenstein character ends up, he turns on this bright overhead light and hypnotizes the woman back to sleep. We end up finding out that this woman is named Elizabeth. So there's another sort of like nod to Frankenstein. Right. And then West asks him where his daughter is. And he just says she's asleep. Which will become a a thing later on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, this guy's apparently named uh, Herbert West Jr. in the uh, in the credits. Huh. I mean, I, I feel like they should have just gone with Frankenstein. That would have <laughs> that would have been way better. Yeah. So, okay. So then, after he says that his the daughter's asleep, Wes asks who the the woman on the table is, and he's like, "You don't remember? You will." And then he injects him with reagent. <laughs> dun dun dun. Wait a second. You're not supposed to do that to living people. <laughs> there's yeah the reagent in this cut like is used in some pretty bizarre ways wild wild ways <laughs> this stuff can do all kinds of stuff yeah so after that we get a little bit of uh herbert west kind of going like it's a flashback we get a little sepia tone going on where herbert's now apparently researching the reagent and he kind of pulls up on his MacBook because that's featured prominently. Um, I hope they do get, did get a sponsorship. But anyway, we get a little bit of like digitized Necronomicon stuff in there. So maybe that, that was a nice little nod. Uh, he starts mixing ingredients together. We don't know what for just yet. Yeah. And then, so yeah, he's doing his experiments. And then we cut to another flashback, like mm-hmm. a flashback, flashback within the, the flashback. flashback. Yeah. And we get like these sort of like slow-mo shots of a girl who we can assume is the daughter that he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has been hit by a car and is like kind of like laying in front of the car dead. And then we got that neat little 3D violin coming flying at the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> slow-mo of the, you know, of the accident taking place. So yeah, her, her violin's flying through the air. It looks, it's like a music video or something yeah. almost. Yeah. I kind of wonder if the director wasn't necessarily a a music video director first and foremost. That would make sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to look that up right now. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But so then that flashback, we flash forward into the, you know, West doing experiments flashback. He looks over and that dead daughter is like frozen in a block of ice. So now, obviously, there's our justification. He's doing the experiments because he's trying to revive his daughter. Then she, there's like a voiceover of the daughter talking to him, which I don't know if it's like his conscience or or what, or if it's like her in the future talk. I don't know. But anyway, she's like. (laughs) It's like the dead girl is talking to the dad about things that happened that she would have been dead during those events. Yeah. She's telling him like, basically, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be trying to revive me. You should have stopped yourself. You should have accepted that I was dead Mm -hmm. and that move forward in your life instead of getting stuck in this pattern of experimenting and all that but you know obviously he's not listening and he injects her and says i will bring you back well first he ties a little bell around her wrist with some twine which does come back a couple times oh yeah that's pretty neat yeah that that actually is like one of the way that kind of like comes together is one of the more like satisfying things that this movie does oh yeah one of the few (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah presumably i guess he's he's tied that to her wrist so that like if she reanimates and he doesn't see he'll like hear the bell ring or something and know she's moving exactly uh, but 
uh, it's not really necessary because she does, you know, wake up as we're used to seeing in these movies. She mm-hmm. is screaming and kind of violent and, you know, out of control. But what do you do when your child wakes up screaming out of control and they just come back from the dead, Anthony, and they're trying to kill you? Well, of course, you drag her through the woods and you shove her head in a puddle until she drowns again. <laughs> what? I mean, that whole scene was wild. Yeah, he doesn't give her like any kind of time to sort of like no. get dad a chill. <laughs> like you should have tied her down and let her calm down and maybe mm-hmm. get acclimated to where she is. But nope, immediately dragged outside and drowned in a puddle. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she's fighting the entire way. But also, I feel like anyone would be fighting the entire way. Yeah. Well, of course, having to drown your own child makes you sad. And what do you do when your name's Herbert West and you're sad? You reanimate things. So the girl you just murdered, you revive her again. Uh, but this yeah. time you make sure you have a gun. <laughs> like, I think maybe he's trying a different formula is the idea here. I, uh, I hope so. I hope so, because if you literally just reanimated her and then are going to do it again with the same exact formula. reagent, that makes yeah. no sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, nope. But yeah, so he, this time, yeah, he loads a gun, he reanimates her, or he ties her to a tree first this time, right. and then <laughs> reanimates her. He says you should come back kind of weird, right? Because that makes sense. When you come back from the dead, normally you're a little bit weird. Uh, we've all been through it. We all know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. But he, he vows to reclaim her soul as well as her body. So that kind of tips a little bit. And it's like, oh, is this going to be a little bit of a religious allegory? I mean, could be. We don't know. We haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) Yeah. So she ends up waking again. And like, it almost seems like maybe this worked. Like she talks to him for just a second. She -hmm. seems kind of normal. And then suddenly she goes like, you know, zombie mode again. Yeah. Uh, Black veins and everything. Yeah. And so she breaks the ropes and attacks him. (laughs) And then he shoots her in like what is the the scene we saw at the very beginning. Like they just kind of do it again. Like he, uh, you know. That's when, you know, yeah, life has quotes. broken his heart and he has to break it and all that. Yeah. Uh, so he shoots her. Then he injects her again. Right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then she wakes again. And then we cut back to him in his lab with a different dead woman on a slab. Yeah. This time he has three, like three people on the slab and he's got his gun ready. You know, he's already there. He knows what to do already. He, he he doesn't have to waste time drowning anybody. Yeah. He's going to go straight for the shot. So he he reanimates her, and mm-hmm. she kind of starts to attack, but she says, I saw her. And then he, he shoots her, but she doesn't immediately die. But no. while she's dying, he says, who did, you, who did you see? Was it my daughter? And she's like, yes, she was with me in the dark. In the darkness, yeah. Yeah, and you were there too. Dun, dun, dun. So he shoots her again. <laughs> this time through the head, so he does the double tap. Yeah. And then we cut to a scene that I, I'm i not exactly sure where it takes place in the timeline, but it's West dropping his daughter off at boarding school. So I don't You're know right. if this is before she died at all. I think so. Yeah, it, it seems that way, right? Because <laughs> this is where she has the violin. It's perfectly fine. She's being taken into this. It's a musical school. It's apparently one of the best around. And he's trying to get her there. She's a little sad, of course, because daughter's leaving her dad. Where's the mom? I don't know. I don't think they ever mentioned mom. No, not not a single time. Not a, not a word. So she spontaneously com- like was created by West, apparently. I don't know. But yeah, so then the nun takes her into the boarding school. Everyone's sad. And then we then go into a kind of frankly bizarre transition where the dad's just like injecting patients and we're doing a science montage. <laughs> yeah. And there's this moment that like this, this movie, it like obviously we're having fun here, but it's very, right. very grim and dark. And like the tone is very somber all throughout. Yeah. But there's this moment of like a little bit of comedy where 
he says like dr west defeats death ah, right and he does like the and the crowd goes wild kind of sound and like it felt up. very sarcastic though you know what i mean like he's <laughs> he's like yeah i really did it Woohoo! <laughs> i can bring people back from the dead but that's about it right? yeah it just yeah the the tone there felt a little bit out of place um right uh, but yeah, and then he, he says something about like, where is the soul? You know, none of my formulas work. So like he, he's able to bring people. It's just, you know, what we've seen in the previous reanimators where like we can bring people back to life, but it's not a real life. There's something right. missing. Uh, and, you know, this isn't the, the NPE stuff like he is definitely like it's it needs to be the soul. Which once again, it, it kind of, you know, you're you're thinking, oh, OK, this is going to be like a heaven hell situation. No, not quite. <laughs> But we'll get we'll get there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it it definitely decides to go. Nah, we're going full Lovecraft on this one, yeah. or at least mostly Lovecraft on this one. So yeah, so he decides then and there he's going to inject himself with the reagent. He's got to find out where that soul is, and he's got to go directly to the source. So you know, like the woman had said, he was in the darkness. So I guess he, he thinks this is going to work. So he yeah he falls to the floor like has another kind of seizure and wakes up in this all black place he's like covered in like black slime and he's kind yeah. of in like sort of in like a black placenta almost <laughs> and he kind of like that's you know. a very apt description <laughs> it's very gooey uh very dark um yeah just just moist yeah and he like rips out of this you know fleshy kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh and then like he just wakes up back on the floor of his place like so he's just there very briefly doesn't really accomplish anything other than that he knows that place exists i guess right uh, and then of course he wonders what why did he do that to himself <laughs> why did you do that to yourself herb <laughs> why man and yeah so then we have a scene of the daughter and she's now older and she is performing she's at like a, a recital basically mm-hmm. see this is what threw me off because this is now a post reanimation daughter like because she died yeah. young and it's it's not just like a year or two down the road she's clearly i think she's meant to be in college because of her friend but she's like mid-20s mm-hmm. yeah like the actress is mid-20s so this is a good at least 10 years past everything that's happened before and we've not, I mean, so we have not had any explanation as to, right. uh, unless somehow that little brief moment of him in the darkness, he somehow got the soul and carried it back with him and put it in the daughter, but we never see any of that. It's never right. explained. But hey, what we do know is, is that reagent is great for keeping plants because he's kept roses for his daughter's recital in that reagent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was a nice touch. Yeah, I did think that was kind of just a neat little thing. But yeah, so he has these these flowers that he takes and, you know, he leaves them backstage and there's a note and we don't like she opens, you know, so after the recital, she goes back to, you know, the dressing room and sees the note and opens it. And as far as I can tell, it just said Papa inside. Like, I guess him just attributing the flowers, you know, that they were sent by him. But there's no like note, you know, nothing beyond that. Right. And she's clearly not happy about that. Yeah, it kind of shakes her up a little bit. Uh, she actually kind of has a little bit of like a flashback of being reanimated and shot as a child, right. which would kind of mess you up, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, a couple times. It's like, oh, dad drowned me. I remember that. And then he shot me. So, <laughs> you know, there's some bad blood there, I'm, I'm sure. But the question is, where has she been this entire time? I, I don't know that she's going back to the the boarding school. Because they're like, oh, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, you would think. Right. So then are they like, it, it, was she just hanging out at her dad's? Like, am I too stupid to understand this movie? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, I think this movie just uh, expects you to ignore the plot holes. <laughs> mm, I'll buy that. Okay. <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, but yeah, so then we see her the next day. And like you said, she's hanging out with this, this friend that I think is her roommate. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about the performance a little bit the friend is really into spin class and keeps talking about that yeah Um, i think according to the credits i believe this is pauline okay but they never ever say that like (laughs) literally the the only characters that are named i think are the guys and the daughter Mm -hmm. that's that's it and the, and the the one 
uh, one oh, of the yeah I'm elizabeth sorry. i forgot elizabeth but yeah there's the the other couple people in that room aren't named yeah it's mm-hmm. but so yeah they're they're having uh, i think it's like coffee and then eleanor needs or says she needs to go to the bathroom so she goes goes to the bathroom here's a woman in a stall talking on the phone yeah she's flirting with her boyfriend on, on the phone in the stall you know whatever that's kind of weird but you do you <laughs> yeah but this apparently eleanor thinks this is rude as shit because she gets mad, and uh, she gets a she like pulls out a garrote mm. or garrote, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yep. And so she like starts <laughs> pounding on the door, and the girl's like, "Hang on!" And then she she lets her in, and right. she strangles her to death. <laughs> right. Just then and there, she just goes to town. But not only I I guess this reagent gave her super strength because. When she's like choking her, she also lifts her off the ground where a shoe falls down. It's like, okay, so that's a thing. But yeah, it's know. some like Michael Myers level, uh, yeah, intensity Strength. there. Her yeah. core is very, very strong. <laughs> she doesn't need that spin class. She's no, already not stuck. at all, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, so then she, you know, just walks out of the bathroom like nothing happened, and uh, before she had gone to the bathroom, she seemed a little bit irritable. Now she's she's in a pretty good mood. <laughs> You just need a little bit of murder. That's all. Yeah. It clears you right up. Yeah. Uh, and so then we like cut to that night. She is, you know, earlier she was doing like a solo recital, but now she's like performing with a full orchestra and we just kind of get a, like a brief scene of that. And then mm-hmm. she comes home and this is where we actually see that, that that friend is her roommate. Cause you know, she's there as well. She wakes her up. And she says something. She says something weird, like "You don't know what I've seen; it stays with you." Mm-hmm. And then she pulls out her favorite little tool and garrots her her friend right. as well. Well, yeah, she bangs on the door, and her friend's like, "Hey, what's going on? I'm just studying for civil law in here, being quiet." <laughs> and she's just choking, just starts choking her to death. It's like, has she been murdering her friends this entire time? <laughs> yeah. Or did this, is, did that just appear just because her dad sent her a letter? Yeah, yeah, it almost feels like a sleeper agent thing. Right. Like she just, like, suddenly has to... Uh, yeah, I don't know. But once she kills the roommate, mm-hmm. she just suddenly, like, wakes up in the the black place. In the, the That darkness. would be the roommate. The roommate wakes up in the black place. Or the dark place. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this time it's not slimy it's just uh you know it's just all black like it's just empty space yeah yeah you you just have them in like full darkness basically and then we cut to west and he is putting the roommate's body in a big freezer yeah but he he does go ahead and inject her with reagent you know i mean you got to keep the body fresh while she's waking back up you know yeah yeah and eleanor's like what are you doing and he's (laughs) like i came to save your soul Right. So then, yeah. So again, like, I guess he didn't give her a soul this whole time. She's just been like, not in like violent zombie mode, except when she is. Right. (laughs) Uh, uh, But she's just lived for like, you know, 10 plus years out in the real world and not like racked up enough of a body count that people have noticed her at least. Right. (laughs) Or at least, well, maybe, maybe dad just coming behind, behind her and injecting (laughs) her because there's also that really weird scene with the lady that she uh, garroted earlier in the restroom where she just like kind of gets up and reverses everything she did without Ellie or Eleanor. Yeah. So it's like she un, unchoked herself. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and Wes says something to her about like, I, you know, I have to clean up your mess to keep you out of jail. So. Maybe he yeah. does. Yeah, I don't know. It, it does seem like that gap in time leaves a lot of room for weird <laughs> questions that just a little bit of rewriting would have, like, cleared all that up. You know, if right. she had died as an adult and we didn't have this gap year, you know. Man, that would have cut out a lot. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it's so, I don't, I don't know. I, either he's been following her around for 10 years cleaning up her mess and we just didn't see it, or something broke and she suddenly become violent again. I don't know, but anyway, we're here now, and this is this is what's going on. Right. So the friend resurrects now. She gets up out of the fridge and just kind of runs off. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to the woman in the bathroom. She also oh, yeah. wakes up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if she's waking up at the same time, or this is just flashing back to right after she died. Your guess, your guess is as good as mine because we never see either one of these people again. Yeah. 
Uh, and so then Eleanor says to West, uh, I've always loved you despite what you put me through. Now, then- now I would, I want to set the scene though, because like there's, there's some really weird sexual tension happening right now while she's explaining this, like mm-hmm. she's getting in close and it's like, Oh no, they're going to kiss. <laughs> However, something else happens. <laughs> Which is that she just grabs his head and twists and just breaks his neck. his neck. She kills a good old... I guess that's payback, you know? Yeah. I think they're they're close to square on that one. <laughs> yeah, this almost feels like, like the Adams family or something where they're mm-hmm. just like killing each other back and forth for fun yeah. or something. I mean, you know, there's no... <laughs> There's no long-lasting repercussions. It's fine. Yeah, true. So then he wakes up in the dark place, and he sees the young version of her playing the violin in there. I don't know if that's just, like, a dream thing or if that's the soul. Right. (laughs) But meanwhile, she's in the bathroom, and she starts... We have this, like, her looking in the mirror, and she starts screaming... And then we cut to these shots of, like, from the knees down, just, like, her feet on the floor. And then you see, like... The black goose falling out of her, basically. Yeah, like, running down her legs yeah. in a, you know... You know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Enough said about that. Uh-huh. But, hey, uh, once you go through that, you got to take a bath, right? So she hops in the bathtub to get herself cleaned off in this dark water that's clearly staining every bit of the bathtub. Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly she's just kind of, like pulled underwater and then we have like you know a, a minute or so of just like an empty you know the bathtub with just black water and and nothing mm-hmm. happening and then suddenly a man erupts out of the water in her place not just any man he's the guy from the beginning of the movie yeah and it might it, it might take you a minute to to gather that because the guy at the beginning of the movie is wearing That's glasses true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, is obviously clean and dressed. And now we have, like, a naked man who's all covered in, like, black, drippy water, uh, you know. So it took me a second. But, yes, it is the, you know, this Dr. Frankenstein character. Right. Um, That's why, by the way, well, we'll get into that. I'll, I'll explain that later. But so, yeah, it looks like Eleanor has become a boy or been swapped out with a boy. Yeah. And so then after he comes up out of the water, we just cut to where we were at the beginning of the movie, the the weird sort of morgue room. This is where we learn that the guy, uh, zombie or reanimated person, is named Ben because a person noted only as the autistic woman, which is great. Good call. Good job. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you could have actually given her a name, but uh, is apparently just asking Ben if it's all right. Like she's. What is it she says exactly? Is it like Ben? Is it all right? Or like yeah, she keeps something like that. The same phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know why she like they could have just given her a name and not a diagnosis because there's not really that would have been great. She yeah. there's she there is some sort of mental illness going on with her. She's a little bit out of it in a way that's different from everybody else. But it's not something that I would, um, you know, uh, that I would linked to autism right away necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I would have I would have just left it with she was in the black goo for a little bit too long. Yeah. We're going to call her Maria <laughs> just because there's yeah. a Mary, but we're calling her Maria. Yeah, that works. And so then Frankenstein is talking to West and says that he is West's son. Right. Uh, West ain't West, got no son. Yeah, he's like I don't have a son and he's like you do now. Right. Um <laughs> And then we just, it's like a little bit later and he's gone. And so now we've got West with the four other people. He, you know, he's still chained up and he's kind of talking to them. And he's like, if you get me out of these chains, I can help you escape. And, you know, they're like, but we don't want to make him mad. And we're working on an escape plan, but we're not ready yet. This is the point where they actually start actually calling him Frankenstein. Right. And at this point, the character known as Mary, even though we're going to have a Maria, um, <clears throat> Mary actually says she doesn't trust uh, West. I I mean, it makes sense. He's done a lot of questionable stuff. She may not necessarily know about that, but, you know, I get it. Yeah, it's a strange situation. They're mm-hmm. all they all find themselves in here. Mm-hmm. But West earns a little bit of trust by giving them the code to the door. Right. Which, of course, Maria finishes off because she knows this pretty much already by heart. So she she gets gets the rest of the code and she just keeps repeating the code because somebody has seen Rain Man. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> right. 
and she punches it in and it opens a door then west is like if you go outside there's some tools out there and you know you can get what you need to to break me out and he kind of also sweet or like says basically you know you can't leave me here because you don't know what's out there and you need a guide like now that you can get out the door theoretically they could just escape and leave him behind but he kind of you know adds some like things to be afraid of to try to keep them on his side basically right so she goes to get the tools and comes upon frankenstein who is uh unconscious laying naked on the slab yeah so he's like he's in a different room on a different slab and as she walks past him he sort of just like i I don't know instinctively or something just like grabs her wrist but he's still unconscious for all of this Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's able to like stretch and reach and grab like a pipe wrench or something like a big heavy wrench yeah Uh, what they are is they're um blacksmithing tongs like really heavy tongs uh, that they use to hold the metal and hammer out the billet Gotcha. So there you go. Now you get a little bit of extra esoteric knowledge. (laughs) Don't say we don't provide anything in this uh, podcast. (laughs) But then as she goes to swing to hit his, you know, his hand to to break free, he is gone. And now there's just like a plant on the slab and there's just like a little vine that's wrapped around her wrist instead. Yeah. And there's like just some garbage bags (laughs) as well with some plants inside of them. So yeah. I have okay. no idea what that's supposed to be about. Sure. It's maybe, never never explained. I, I don't know. Maybe he has teleportation powers or I don't know. That's yeah. kind of what I was thinking. I was like, oh, he either teleported or he's messing with her mind or I don't know. The yeah. point is he's not there anymore and she gets to go about on her merry, merry way. Maria way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this vine, it's not an intense, it's a you know little thin thing. So she just kind of like, you know, leaves and goes back to their little morgue room. But he's there now. Um, right. And he just shoots Mary. Yeah. Just pops her. <laughs> and, you know, so we've got a gun trained on, uh, well, who was once Mary and may once again be Mary. And Ben, they're trembling. Uh, Maria's sitting in the back just because what's she going to do? Yeah. And so then Wes kind of like, I'll tell you what's going on. I'll talk to you, but not under these circumstances. We've got to go somewhere else. So he's kind of like diffusing the situation. And it seems strange. Like I don't, it didn't feel like Frankenstein was trying to get information from West before right. this necessarily. But even when it's resolved, what did West have that Frank, the Frankenstein character needed? <laughs> he yeah. knew everything that was going on effectively. Yeah, he seemed to know more than West for West, the most yeah. part. Because, like, you know, West says he still doesn't remember Elizabeth. So then Frankenstein just, like, injects everybody with reagent. Yep, he goes about all, everybody. <laughs> One to one to one. So West wakes up back in the dark place and sees the car accident. It's like just in the darkness now. There's the car and everything kind of like frozen in place. Right. But who's who's behind the wheel? There's Elizabeth. Hey. (laughs) Yeah. So it's almost like he part of him might have like subconsciously remembered that she was the driver. But like, you know, on the surface had forgotten that information. Um, Right. Now here's where it gets weird though, because you would think this is this is Herbert West like reliving this, and maybe it kind of is, but Eleanor just stands up, the the little dead girl stands up, mm-hmm. and Herbert is now moving in super slow motion as uh, Eleanor gets in the car and starts talking to Elizabeth. Yeah, she's like so. Uh, we're basically in a bad situation. Uh, there's not, you know, much that's going on, but uh, they have the kind of a philosophical uh, conversation about where they are and how they can get out of it. And basically, I think the end result was we we basically can't die until Herbert dies. Yeah, it's like his pain is like keeping, keeping this, the, you know, that he's remembering all this, and it's, it's sort of like a loop almost. Yeah. Um, and Eleanor gives elizabeth a piece of broken glass from the wreck Mm -hmm. and then we cut to elizabeth in a bathroom and maybe this is what where frankenstein found her before he brought her in i don't know it doesn't they don't explain this but she does yeah go ahead and (laughs) so yeah she has the broken glass still from the dream 
or the mm-hmm. not or what <laughs> she has the broken glass she carried it back with her into the real world um or maybe she, she had it in the whole time and broke up i don't know anyway sorry <laughs> uh so yeah she cuts her own throat with it mm-hmm. and for a minute i almost felt like this was like time travel and is she like i thought maybe she was trying to kill herself before the wreck to prevent the yeah, wreck from actually, happening yeah because they do go into that right she's like i wish i had died a month, a day, a year before this had even began, so you wouldn't have been injured or killed. Yeah, um, but I, I'm not sure one way or the other about that still. I don't know. <laughs> so then we go back to the morgue room, and Frankenstein shoots Ben. Right, Ben's laughing, by the way, at, right as after Elizabeth cuts her throat. He's just sitting there cackling. I don't know out of fear or what. But yeah, Frankenstein just domes him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, was it Mary or Maria that rips her eyes out? That's kind of why I call her Maria. But yeah, Maria is the one who rips her eyes out. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, she just pulls her own eyeballs out of her head. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of like everybody's going insane at this point, right? Yeah. I know I felt like I was. Yeah. <laughs> but... Now everybody's dropping. By the way, I think at this point, we never, ever will see Maria, Mary, or Ben again. Yep, that's pretty much it for them. Why were they here? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, none, yeah they, <laughs> they definitely could have been written out of the story easily, and everything else would have played out the same way. You could have just had Elizabeth go through the door and find the welding tongs. You know, she could have done all of that stuff. Right. And then you wouldn't have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, Liz is now convulsing because she's actually in the mortuary. She never left it the entire time and she's being revived slowly. Yeah, he like connects her to an IV. So I don't know if this is more reagent or something to calm her. Like... Oh, this is a different reagent because this one's red. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> So then Frankenstein tells Elizabeth, I need her to remember you. I need her pain. Mm -hmm. So I guess that her is Eleanor. Right. And he promises to free her after one last job. (laughs) She's got one last thing to do. Yeah. And then he's going to let her sleep forever with no dreams. (laughs) So then we see West and he's sitting at a table with Elizabeth and Mm -hmm. he's holding... A gun and a glass of wine. Now, this is fucking art house's shit. (laughs) Like, because, like, yeah, he has a gun trained on her and a glass of wine. Okay? And she's like, okay, you have to choose one. You have to choose the the gun or the wine. And Wes is a badass, apparently. Or at least he has some really great quotes tucked back there in his back pocket. Because he, he takes a swig of wine shoots her and then says i choose both <laughs> yeah but why what did she do to you yeah <laughs> and so then frankenstein walks in and sits down at her now vacant seat as she's you know fallen dead <laughs> and he says this is what happens when you play god mm-hmm. and west is like actually this is what happens when you take the only reason for living from someone like me um, so they're they're definitely kind of having like a badass off competition, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's like this Frankenstein guy wasn't here until you did the thing. Yeah. Ah, whatever. Yeah. So then Frankenstein calls West a sorcerer, and West is like, "I'm not the one who got nicknamed Frankenstein." Right by his own patience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but by the way, they do start talking about esoteric uh, arts. That's why Frankenstein calls him a sorcerer. So it's like. Okay, so wait, are we are we actually going to go back into like Lovecraft mythos territory? Oh baby, oh baby, <laughs> are we going back? Oh yeah, because we get a mention of the Dweller in Darkness. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh okay, and that's who's that's possibly who's waiting inside that dark place. Yeah. So yeah, at this point. Elizabeth wakes up and Frankenstein, he explains, yeah, this. so this is where he says that he is from the dark place mm-hmm. and that he's trying to make a better portal between the dark place and our real world. Yeah, because um, Eleanor was incomplete, right? She was yeah. complete or he didn't finish the job. So, so West <laughs> kind of playing with his life and death stuff has created a portal, but it's a, 
very narrow portal that only small things can get through basically uh and and he wants to let the larger things that lurk in the darkness to be able to come into so yeah this is very lovecraftian you know Mm -hmm. So he kind of credits Elizabeth with starting this whole process by killing Eleanor. That's that's sort of been like the catalyst for all of this. Right. Uh, and then West just empties the gun into Frankenstein. Just Five like, shots. Yeah. <clears throat> because you remember, he used one on Elizabeth. Yeah. Who, by the way, she's back up and she tries to help take down Frankenstein yeah. for as much as she does. So yeah, so he's got five shots. He's now leaking the the gooey, the black gooey stuff, mm-hmm. and he's standing still. So you're like, oh, did that just do nothing to him? Don't worry about that because immediately he just drops onto the table. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, West is like, keep hitting him. He yeah. can't die, but if you keep hitting him, maybe he'll stay down while I try to figure this out. I'm not going to lie, that's the, the, that's the one thing that made the most sense of this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Just keep hitting him. He's yeah. probably going to keep coming back. Just keep pummeling the guy. Yeah. Um, and she does. Mm-hmm. And, and then West injects him with a sleeping drug, but he still ends up waking up and he attacks, but then like drops unconscious. So it's almost like the sleeping drug took a minute to kick in or something. Right. Doesn't he kill Liz? Or he hits Liz, or yeah, he slams her head against the wall. That's right. Yeah. Before he before he drops, it's so, hard to keep up with when I'm people are you. dead and alive in this movie because neither <laughs> one of those are permanent states. Right. This is the Schrodinger's uh, Schrodinger zombie. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all simultaneously alive and dead. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so now West and Elizabeth are having a little bit of a moment, and she's like, "Okay, I feel myself slipping. I'm getting really tired," and. At that point, he's like, okay, I'm going to go finish this. And he, I think he says he forgives her. And that yeah. might be what she needs to finally, like, leave this sort of loop of, of life and death. Right. So then he shoots himself in the head. Right. He notes that it only took her three minutes to come back. So he's like, all right, I've got to do everything in three minutes. Yeah. Blah! That's a lie. That was a promise never fulfilled. No. Shoots himself right in the head. Yep. So then he wakes up in the dark place. But now is like the first time that we like start to see other stuff in the dark place. Yeah. We got some either snow or ashes floating around. Yeah. And he sees like this electrical tower kind of thing. I'm not sure what exactly it is, uh, but he runs into, I can't remember if it was Mary. Mary. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he runs into Mary and she, don't, don't get me wrong. It's really hard to keep track, but I was laser focused on who, who, who was appearing when. And the, the thing about Mary and Maria, we like, you know, obviously we gave them one of the names, but they also look very similar. They're both they do shoulder length, brunette hair, uh, fairly similar facial features, which may be why they decided to make one of them, you know, quote unquote autistic so that they she has slightly different behavior, at least. See, th- the way I tell them apart is Mary's always angry. <laughs> that, that's the one thing you'll know. Maria, she she's kind of, you know. She she has more innocent reactions to things like mm-hmm. you know bright bright eyed wide eyed you know just and stereotypes and yeah. uh, Mary's just angry. <laughs> she, she probably never asked to be here. Doesn't know why she's here. I don't know why she's here. But yeah, so but she is here in the darkness. And yeah, so she says something about that she knows there are creatures out in the, the darkness and that they're listening and that they're coming for her. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it. So then, like, they yeah, have that conversation. They, like, split up. Yeah, he's but like, well, I got to keep moving. I've got a short amount of time. So he. And then he gets back to her immediately. <laughs> like, why? Why? Why did she have to leave? Why couldn't she just be picking her glowing green maggots and yeah. putting them in jars? Why she was putting them in jars? I couldn't tell you. But she is. Well, actually, that's a lie. She She's using them to light her way, I think, is what she says. And, yeah, um, and you do see there's like a row of sort of like these glowing green beakers kind of making a path. Right. Um, and then she says something about that the reason that people are violent when they are reanimated is not because they don't have a soul. It's because they've gone mad from what they see in the darkness. Right. The place drives them crazy. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. It's so very that, I mean, that, Yeah, yeah. That's definitely, you know, the things that are just undescribable and incomprehensible and and you know you go mad just trying to 
explain what you've seen. Right. But yeah, so then she just kind of disappears. And it's literally she starts disappearing her arm first and then like slowly it starts moving up her legs. Yeah. And and it's like previously we've seen people just like, you know, vanish, like Mm -hmm. actually like, you know, physically disappear in one second. But in this case, they just are like painting her black. Right. Uh, so that she just blends in more with the background, but you can still kind of see her. And then eventually, finally, she fully disappears. It, it, yeah, it's re- actually a really cool visual. Mm-hmm. And to drive it home, of course, uh, West like waves his hand <laughs> at like the magician do uh, to, to verify, oh, she's not here. She's disappeared. But yeah, so he then starts wandering off. But you know what I like about this movie? <laughs> I like the inclusion of a near the end third act character that I know nothing about and will not know anything about (laughs) because now we have Liz following a guy who looks kind of like the stereotypical, uh, interpretation of death. Uh, he, he reminded me very much of death from, um, Bill and Ted's bogus adventure. (laughs) Like I immediately, that's immediate what, what popped into my brain. I was like, Oh no, are they going to play a game against the devil? Like, yeah, he's just like a big dude in a long black trench coat. Yeah, uh, well, bald, it's like a duster. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's got kind of like black kind of makeup around his eyes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, yeah, so this is a new location, too. So, like, Elizabeth is, uh, you know, this is not the darkness. It's a different sort of afterlife that I think will kind of, like... Based on everything that happens, I think it's, like, supposed to be, like, limbo, maybe? Yeah, I was like, is this purgatory? Like, did we go back into religious, like, the religious allegory stuff? Because it almost felt like they were going through um, Dante's Inferno, but without anything other than just two two layers. (laughs) And so they end up, like, looking at each other, and they start making, like scary faces at each other well, yeah so she like like for some reason she decides to take off her shoes to go after this guy it's like why there it's a rocky terrain why take off your shoes in the first place i was like is she sneaking up on him is she trying to do that why but no she immediately approaches him he starts repeating back to her everything she's saying and yeah then they then he basically like mimics her freaks out you hear a bunch of bones cracking and it looks like he turned her into a deadite yeah, they do a lot of those like quick cuts where you know they keep moving their heads really fast and making weird faces and stuff. Yeah, they make it almost look like um, claymation, and honestly, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of the most creepy things in the movie for sure. Yeah. Then we cut back to West in the dark place, and he's still searching. He finds more of the like slimy black placenta stuff, mm-hmm. and like. Uh, young Eleanor breaks out of it. So maybe this is the soul again, again, who knows? And then they see ominous gray smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Distance. Right. And it's coming towards them. I think this is like supposed to be like one of the, you know, indescribable creatures that like, we can't know it. So we're just going to make it smoke because obviously we don't have the budget for a giant, like Cthulhu looking thing or whatever. Yeah. So I feel like this was either supposed to be a reference to Astaroth or Azathoth, I'm sorry, or uh, maybe Nyarlathotep, which are, you know, eldritch deities and the uh, Cthulhu mythos and all that, because he does tell her, don't look at it or it'll drive you mad. Yeah. And so they end up finding the the bathtub. The bathtub's just like in the, the black place now. Mm-hmm. So they, they're like, okay, well, this is the door back home. Right. And it's filled with black goo at this point. Yeah. So, so Eleanor gets in and, mm-hmm. like, disappears, presumably back to the real world. Which, oddly enough, this is kind of a callback in a way, if you think about it. Because one of the ways he killed her was drowning her. Yeah. So in true. a way, one of, one of the ways he revives her is, or the way he revives her is by drowning her. Yeah, that makes sense. Or I'm uh, looking into this because this movie <laughs> has wrecked my brain. Yeah. Uh, and then Wes does something that is it's kind of kind of interesting. He he dumps the tub out, presumably to like close the door, which is pretty smart. Yep. But then like the uh, the smoke monster continues to approach him. Right. Uh, At this point, it turns into the non-Newtonian like ferrochemical like it's basically just 
like black goo that reacts to a magnet. Yeah, it's like moving in this sort of strange, like patterned kind of way. Yeah, definitely uh, a non-Newtonian fluid. Yeah, and then it ends up like going into his mouth. Yeah, it's it like almost like drips sideways or is yeah I don't know, but like it yeah it, a, a piece of it goes into his mouth, and then we cut back to the purgatory place, and the bathtub By the way, is. <laughs> can, can we make? Can I say one thing? Or no, no, we'll we'll keep going. We'll keep going. It, it'll be it'll be more it'll be more hilarious if we keep going. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so so Eleanor wakes up in the desert in a bathtub. Yeah. Now she wants water, and she's fully grown. Yeah. So now, yeah, we we had like child Eleanor go into the bathtub. Now she wakes up, mm-hmm. in, you know, as an adult. And this sort of desert, it's kind of like sepia toned. It's kind of not quite black and white, but it's like everything's gray and and yeah. but like it's also cold there. You can kind of like see that, like see her breath. And she does end up finding a few bits of water here and there, but it's all salt water. Right. And of course. I do think it's interesting, and I think it's kind of cool that they she made a note that the frozen water, even the frozen water, was salt water. So mm-hmm. like she there was she came across an icy puddle, tried to bust it open, and even that was frozen solid. So it has to be cold there. Yeah, and so then she ends up finding the trench coat man. I just mm-hmm. I, I called him the trench coat man the whole time, but yeah, I don't. I, you know what? I call him creepy dude. I like the trench coat man better. <laughs> Um, but she asks him for water mm-hmm. and he wants something in exchange, which is the bell tied to her wrist that we, you know, had at the very beginning of the movie. Oh God, thank God something paid off. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, this is the last part of me. And so she's kind of like resistant to give it up, mm-hmm. but she ultimately does give him, you know, I mean, she needs water more than she needs the bell. Right. Um, so after she pays with the bell, he points her to a, a nice, like, urn of water. Mm-hmm. And she goes, she takes a slug, and, like, as she's drinking it, like, he then appears, like, on the rock, like, below her. And I'm like, oh, is he going to is he gonna make her a deadite now? You know? But no, 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 no. He reaches his hand out, and he has, like, a rock shiv. Mm-hmm. And he's handing it towards her. Yeah, it looks like a, yeah, it's like a, a knife, ma- you know, like a, a crude a sort knife. of tool. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so he just hands that to her, and then suddenly Frankenstein appears in this purgatory. Right. He's just calmly strolling in the desert after uh, Eleanor now. And so she kind of starts running from him, and like he follows her, and she gets back to the empty uh, tub, and she like flips it over and like hides underneath it. Yeah, and of course he comes up and menaces her through the tub hole also a really cool visual mm-hmm. um so it seems like he's just gonna sit there and wait her out yeah or for for some reason i don't know if it's that some magic property that the tub has that he can't remove it or if he's just like it doesn't matter she can't go anywhere so i'm just gonna wait until she gets tired of being under there uh oh, yeah I don't, I don't know but they also do he mentions at this point that uh the only time they can change over is during twilight and I'm like, well, that's a weird thing to introduce at the very last second, but okay. <laughs> but also, one of the cool things about this little uh, purgatory area is all of a sudden you have two Jupiters in the sky. Oh, they're like big. I don't, I don't know if they were Jupiters. They looked like Jupiter. But yeah, so it was like two moons, but they looked like gas giants. It was huh. a really cool like alien yeah. like, skyline. Yeah, and but so then, then it's, it's nighttime, and now... Frankenstein is under the tub. Under the tub. He wait, so he kind of wakes up there and, uh, you know, gets out of the tub. So he, he is able to lift it. And then now he finds the, the trench coat man. Well, he's thirsty, too. He needs water. <laughs> Everyone needs water at this point. Yeah. This has been a long movie. Not really long. It's an hour and 23 minutes. So it it, it isn't long, but, man, it feels like it It really feels long. <laughs> But yeah, of course the uh, the trench coat man or the yeah the trench coat man's like hey he points over th- to there and there's another one of those urns, so Frankenstein walks up he sees okay this is water and he takes tries to take a drink, but immediately just a bunch of dust or ash falls on his face yeah so there's no water for him yeah and so then Eleanor shows back up so they're talking to each other Eleanor and Frankenstein now. Uh, and this is kind of where he starts to spell out everything that we're seeing and says, like, right. so they're stuck in this sort of limbo place. 
she has the day, he has the night, mm-hmm. and they can only interact with one another at twilight. Right. And once his God, God's given power, he's able to take over. Um, but of course, she has to drive the point home, and she's like, apparently, Frankenstein doesn't have a schwanza. Because Eleanor explicitly states, your gods did, didn't give you a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what so... Is, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, she's just kind of... I mean, of course, she's just mad and sort of, like, yeah. lashing out at him. So he wants to take over her body again so that he can return to Earth. Mm-hmm. At this point, there's almost... During Twilight, there's sort of... A spiritual battle between the two. Yeah, they're, they're separated. So, like, her physical body is elsewhere, you know? So they kind of, like... The two versions of them that are talking are, like, now fighting to get into the body, basically. Right, yeah. They're, they're kind of having a, a rush to get into the body at this last second when they can. Yeah. But luckily... Luckily, Eleanor has something that Frankenstein doesn't have. That would be a stone shiv. A flint knife. <laughs> Or, yeah, a flint knife. And she just uses that to jab him right in the throat. She stabs him, and then they both kind of, like, sink into the tub. Yeah, and the body pulls out a regular knife out of her throat? <laughs> yeah. And so then, so this is like the end of the movie now, and it, the ending is, if all this lead up wasn't enough to tell you, the ending is also not really very satisfying. So, like, she's gone back to Earth, poss- pro- theoretically, Uh, He's still stuck in limbo, and then we get this moment where he's, like, holding a handful of sand and just kind of, like, letting it fall through his fingers. And he says something about, like, you know, she's never going to truly escape. Right. He'll always be there in the back, you know. Yeah. They are one. Very, very artistic, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you know what? You know what I've noticed, Anthony? (laughs) What's that? There ain't no more Herbert West. (laughs) This is it. That's the end of the movie. That's that abrupt <laughs> ending, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just was looking for her soul in the dark place. And then that's the last we saw of. So I, mean, I don't know. I, I guess I he's guess trapped they there. Ate him? Yeah. They either ate him, infected him with something. I don't know. But he ate yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. So the last thing we see of him is getting that drop of goo into his yeah. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that i mean <laughs> holy crap like like we said earlier this was at, at hour and 23 minutes i swear that i thought it was a two hour long movie like or it, maybe even three it literally took me about like i think two hours and 15 minutes to watch it because i would occasionally yeah. just have to pause and be like what okay <laughs> what am i seeing i would take add some some like sidebar stuff to my notes like trying to explain what i just watched and whew, yeah, it it was physically exhausting watching this movie. I'm so tired. <laughs> These are the things that we do for you people yeah. because we, we love you all so much. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, I, I, I'm glad we watched this just to have experienced it. But man, what a wild ride. Yeah. Like, was there an editor? <laughs> I mean, I need to know. Yeah, oh. I... I feel like the, it, clearly the, the person who made this, he definitely had a, a vision. I don't know if everything he wanted to get across effectively made it onto the screen. Right. Uh, Apparently or- it was written by Gerardo De Filippo and uh, Roberta Morelli, the director, or, or Ivan Zukon as well. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones with the writing credit. It was directed by Ivan. Yeah. And Ivan's done some uh, other horror movies. Um, but man. I don't know if I want to watch him after this. I might, I might give him a peek, but <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a mess. And you know, and it's, you know, it's funny, like, you know, as we've been talking about the previous reanimator movies, there's a lot of like offensive stuff in those yeah. movies, but it's done in this way. That's really like fun and light. And you don't feel like anybody's sort of being mistreated really. Right. And so I got, you know, we've been a lot more willing to give people passes but this, you know, it's like the the autistic character kind of, you know, it really felt a little more egregious because the movie didn't feel fun. Yeah. You know, not to say that, like, you can get away with anything by being fun. Yeah, right. But, yeah, it didn't, you know, it felt like it wanted us to take things so seriously that so I, I feel seriously. like 
feel like we needed to take that seriously and be sort of like not happy with that portrayal and like you know as a small sidebar i just recently myself found out that i have autism but like i you know i don't feel like i'm necessarily in a place to be like angry about stereotypes because i'm really just kind of figuring that out, out for myself at this right. moment but at the same time it, it is kind of just like you know i definitely don't like the way that 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 was portrayed in this movie yeah i mean you know i have no no ability to really speak on it you know i have adhd not autistic <laughs> so that's a whole different ball game <laughs> but it's like it, if you're gonna make this serious like put it in a, a more realistic you know presentation of this or just not have it maybe yeah yeah, like, if there's a reason that this care, like, you know, if she had, like, a backstory and we cared about her and she wasn't, you know, like, I think it's like you said, like, they saw Rain Man and they were like, oh, well, we, if we make the character autistic, then she'll be able to remember the password to the door. Right. But why? Why was she in here? Why was her, Why was she in here? Why was Mary in here? Why was Ben in here? Why? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, okay, the lady in the bathroom who doesn't even have a credit to my knowledge, like... She has a reason. She's there to be murdered to show that Eleanor has an evil side, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I guess Pauline could have done that too, but, you know, you got to have at least two murders in your movie. Um, And honestly, if if it had been the woman in the bathroom and Pauline instead of Mary and Maria, if they had been in that room, that would have made a little more sense. Like, they have a purpose in the story and somehow you know, West or Frankenstein have reclaimed these bodies that are part of this whole story and brought them in to tie everything together. But nope, just two or, you know, and then Ben is just completely. What has he done? Yeah. Like he said things. Yeah. (laughs) Like the character we've dubbed Maria has done more than really either, either like Ben, Mary, Mary has delivered exposition. That's Mm -hmm. what she did. She wrapped it up. Nice, nice little package and said, here you go, Herbert. Here's more weird stuff to explain what's going on in this weird ass place. Yeah. You know, could have been done by Pauline. We've already seen Pauline in the darkness. Yeah. Just saying. I, I feel like he wanted he wanted kind of the um, the stereotypical, you know, insane asylum at the beginning of a Lovecraft story. Mm-hmm. Those are very common. If you've ever seen any Lovecraft, he loves his asylums. And there's always the beginning where you're in that spot. Right. Yeah. And. I think that's it. That's that's it. He just was like, we want three characters and one to surprise you. And then later in wrote Elizabeth as an actual character. Yeah, that's it's, you know, like I think we've said it a couple of times, but it feels like, I mean, one more pass through on this script could have mm-hmm. really like tightened up a lot of things yeah. and made this. I mean, it's still going to be a, a grimmer, darker reanimator than, you know, than the ones we've seen before. But it could have been one that at least worked. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, I, I love how fun those movies are, but obviously I'm okay with a, a serious dark movie if it's done well and, you know, makes sense. 100%. Uh, yeah. The makes sense is really important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so do you have anything else that you want to say crap, about? Holy crap, man. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Just talking about this movie's made me tired. <laughs> uh, like... And it's, it's, I think it's worse because there's a lot of great ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Like like, it, it could have been something and like, you know, all the stuff with the, the limbo and the dark place, like there's, there is some cool Lovecraftian stuff that they have kind of like borrowed from in an interesting way. mm -hmm. Uh, They just, yeah, it's just like, it just kind of missed the mark. It didn't bring everything together the way that it could have. Right. If you've ever wanted to see Stream of Conscious as a movie, here it is. Yeah. Enjoy that. That's this is your thing. Yeah. Gosh. All right. That's all I got. All right. Um. Well. So. So next week we're gonna. I, I'm like tentative to say this now because we're gonna be watching another Reanimator adjacent movie that I've never we're keeping, seen. We're keeping the Reanimator train rolling, baby. Whether we want to or not. Yeah. It feels like we've reanimated a corpse that we can't put down. (laughs) It really does. Damn. (laughs) We had so much fun in the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah. So next week we're doing, this is a trauma film. You know, like I said, I've not seen it. It's called Reagitator Revenge of the Parody. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm going to call it now. We're going to see uh, a lot of uh, naked women, possibly <laughs> naked men, uh, a lot of gore. Um, something's going to burst out of something you don't expect it to. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some bodily fluids you don't want to mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, it'll definitely be more fun than this yeah. one. <laughs> yep. I don't expect any seriousness. If you haven't seen a trauma, just know it ain't going to be serious. We're not going to go in for the scares. It's it's going to be just a wild frat party of a movie. Yeah. So so look for that next week. And, um, you know, if you don't have access to it, uh, it is on like the trauma streaming platform, which you can get a free trial to. So um, you don't even have to. In- we don't have a promo code. Just go there and do it right. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Listen, uh, we- yeah, we need to get promo codes. No. Yeah, All right. Trauma Where call can... us. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure he would actually. Yeah, I mean, Lloyd Kaufman. He's a uh... right. Yeah, he's awesome. Like I, I love, I love the the fact the fact that Lloyd Kaufman don't give no shits. Yes, he's just like whatever. But all right, Anthony, where can they find us? So, yep, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Frankencast. You can find or email us at thefrankencast at gmail.com and then you know let you know let us know what you think uh and obviously you can let us know in the uh rate and review locations wherever you're getting your podcasts yeah you got to feed the algorithm or it'll kill us (laughs) don't send us to the dark place right please dear god don't send us to the dark place (laughs) oh all right well in that case to be continued uh... Looks like you survived another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast or send us a letter at thefreakingcast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening.